centuries, mankind has been fascinated with realms outside of our conscious awareness. Through a series of interviews with practitioners, guest speakers, and experts, Liberate the podcast covers all that and more, from health and holistic healing to the supernatural. We aim to educate, motivate, inspire, and liberate your consciousness. Welcome to another episode of Liberate the Podcast. Today we're bringing in uh, one of the customers that stumbled into the store, uh, Talia. She is a private chef, but it's not just a private chef that you know cooks delicious foods. She really puts intention and focus into different dietary needs and specializes in uh, foods for the individual based on health, nutrition, uh, well-being, and balance. And so I want to bring her in because food is so important in your health and your lifestyle and your energy. It helps fuel you. It's, I mean, it's the byproduct of everything. It's, it's our fuel for our body. And a lot of people don't understand food and they don't understand the different dynamics and uh, ways of which food can affect and help and assist them in their life. So Talia, welcome. Thank you for having me. So do you want to share a little bit about, um, about yourself, a little maybe more introduction? Yeah, sure. Um, so I work here in LA as a personal chef. Um, you know, I've been cooking professionally for a few years, but I've been cooking and eating my entire life. <laughs> oh, what, what do you know? Cooking and eating the entire life. Well, the cooking part, but eating, I'd hope that you've been eating your entire life. <laughs> yes, I'm a good eater. <laughs> Um, in my experience, eating is just as important as cooking. You know, the two go hand in hand. Um, I don't, I don't just cook for to to feed other people. I cook to feed myself, to feed people that I love, and it's the biggest aspect of my life. Um, and it's been the biggest theme of my entire life. I love that. What what inspired you to start to do this professionally? Um, well, I grew up in a very food-centric household. Uh, my father was the cook of the house, and he is an amazing chef, incredibly talented. And we grew up eating all sorts of global cuisine. You know, we weren't the type of family that had, you know, meatloaf or whatever traditional American foods people were eating. Um, my dad was always making different, you know, Southeast Asian curries and um, all sorts of delicious food. And I would always help him growing up and, you know, sort of eating together, going out to eat was a big part of our relationship and cooking together. and. My life definitely took a different path, you know, before I found cooking professionally. But now that I'm here, I'm glad I made it. <laughs> nice. And that's, a, you know, I, I want to highlight some when I was hearing you talk for a moment. It's another aspect that I didn't say in the intro, uh, that how food is really the glue that binds us. It's the glue and the fabric that binds different cultures. It bonds people in the family, loved ones. It's this shared experience of love and connection and connectivity. And so it's beautiful that you had this this bond and this relationship with your father and all of these memories around cooking. And you didn't start out doing that professionally, but found your way back into that love and that aspect. 
Yes, definitely. I, I think of cooking as a huge act of love, you know, whether I'm doing it for someone who I directly, you know, my boyfriend, like someone I love in my life or friends or, you know, someone who I don't know as well. Um, you know, I sometimes bake um, bake a lot for a restaurant in Highland Park. And even that I consider an act of love, even though I, I might not be seeing the person who's eating it, you know, I still um, put this energy into the food um, that, you know, requires a lot of my concentration. And, you know, I like to think of that going out in the world, whether I see the direct at, um, effects or not. I love that. And in, in that dynamic, I've always kind of, you know, f food is energy, but it also has and takes on the energy of the person that makes it. So if somebody's coming in with a loving heart, I feel like that energy at least it's in my belief that that energy translates and transforms that food and that meal and the same thing on the negative aspect if somebody's hating cooking or preparing and they're bringing uh, negativity and anger that that food gets tainted with that would, would you feel that absolutely i mean it's why you know you feel so amazing after a home-cooked meal you know whether the person is a professional chef or just an everyday cook you feel that you feel that intention that was put in the meal and whereas if you buy you know uh, a box of frozen food that's been made by a machine in some factory far away and has had no human touch you're not going to feel that same sort of energy you're you're going to feel you might feel full but you might feel sort of a sense of nothingness or at least for me when i eat foods like that which you know are few and far between you, you don't feel that sense of nourishment yeah. Now, I I couldn't I couldn't agree agree more. And uh, do you ever get sick sick of cooking for yourself though? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I gotta ask. I mean, like if you're I'm cooking not... for others all the time, like you know, is there ever like I just want somebody to cook for me? I do have those moments. I absolutely do. There are days when I'm you know I don't. I just want to go out to eat and not have to worry about it. Um, but it's funny you think you think I would get sick of it. But I still, if I have free time, I still spend it cooking. You know, I still, you know. That's when um, you know that you're doing, you're doing and living your passion, right? You exactly. know, like uh, to to me, you know, people always ask me, um, clients, individuals, people I mentor, they always ask, you know. Uh, they they say this whole notion of of work and this this misbelief or this misperception that work needs to be difficult or hard and you know you really when you listen to your heart and you find your calling that it's the thing that you do even when you're you 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 don't have to you know it's it's a part of you it becomes this you know, you can't not do it, right? Mm -hmm. You do it in your sleep, you do it in the, you know, you're thinking of recipes, you're thinking of other stuff, you know, and that's when you're in complete alignment. And when you're in that alignment, the door's open for success in many different ways. So I think that if people just trusted that more. Absolutely. Now talk to me a little bit because you're not just like, uh, you know, uh, your typical private chef that is just cooking this meal, these meals or whatnot, you actually specialize in really looking at what people need, right? And the nutrition, and I know that you're not a nutritionalist, but the diets, the different elements, can, you, can we explain a little bit more on that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I strongly believe that um, 
the foods people eat, their their diets are very particular to that person. You hear a lot about, um, you know, uh, you hear a lot online or in certain circles about, you know, this is the best diet, you know, whether it's Whole30 or Paleo or gluten-free. You hear about people saying this is the best way to eat, you know, nutritionists now say you shouldn't eat X, Y, or Z. And sure, that might be true for some people, but it doesn't work for everyone. And everyone, everyone's body is so different in individual, you know, we are our own person, you know, and we all need different diets from one another so what works for one person does not work for another um you know i personally eat a diet that a lot of people wouldn't be into or wouldn't work for their body and same goes for them um so whenever i work with people i really try to get to know them which is the one of the best parts of cooking for people is to get to know them and to figure out what they need to make themselves feel as good as possible which is going to be completely different from the next person Ah, I love that. So not only making delicious food, but having that conscious effort of, one, putting that love into it, but also guiding them towards what they need to, you know, do you ever look at it like situations or dynamics in their life that maybe they need help with? Like if somebody's really fatigued, do you like, you know, focus on, you know, foods that are going to give them energy and stuff like that, you know? Absolutely. Uh, fatigue is something I deal with a lot, actually. Um, you know, it's something I've sort of struggled with my whole life is often getting tired easily or feeling a lack of energy and, you know, the diet I eat definitely can enhance that or it can detract from that um so figuring out where people are feeling that lack of nourishment whether it's fatigue or if they're struggling with weight or um illness or you know uh, mental illness you know it can all it can all be facilitated by um you know eating food that's gonna nourish them in the the way they need it ah yeah, I could, I could, I couldn't uh, agree with you. Mm-hmm. I, I agree with you more. I've been uh, creating a, a cooking show, and um, it, it's it's really it's it's about taking that and and understanding and and you know having people see these different types of foods and meals and ways that they can really benefit you know no matter where they are and no matter what they have and that's not saying that you know we're not here to say everything can be cured by just the food I mean there's a there's a different balance in western medicine mixed in with you know the nutrition and diet but it's amazing how much can be corrected and solved from your diet mm-hmm. and just from being conscious of it you know just like we might be conscious of how much we exercise or how much we sleep being conscious of how we eat and what decision what decisions guide that help can you tell me uh, and share with everybody a couple maybe stories of some clients I mean of course no names and stuff mm-hmm. but about shifts and changes that you've seen as a as a result of them working with you and you know you gearing their foods and well um you know it's interesting because a lot of people have been struggling with you know whether or not to eat meat you know what with the how difficult it can be on the environment and on our bodies and you know you see a lot of people either trying to incorporate a lot of meat um whether it's like paleo diets or trying to get away from that 
on more vegetarian diets and I've you know I've seen the effects of how adding in you know meat or taking away it can really help or it could hurt someone you know some people need that extra boost of protein and um, you know the minerals and vitamins that um, meat can provide for people and when it's sustainably raised you know if you're willing to sort of shell out the money to make those decisions in the meat you're eating it can be incredibly helpful Um, you know also gluten is a big thing for people um, whether they think it is or not you know some people do have celiacs and some people you know, and therefore can't have gluten at all. And then, you know, you see a lot of people who are trying to stay away from gluten. And in my experience, if you're not, you know, if you don't have celiacs and you, or you don't have any level of gluten intolerance, then gluten is actually okay. You know, obviously you don't want to be packing your body full of carbs if that's not, you know, the best thing for your body. But um, I think this general fear of gluten has gone a little far um <laughs> I know and I also, it's, it's, it's everywhere you, you go yeah. into any 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 grocery store it used to be just especially specialty stores uh where you would be able to find like gluten-free bread and stuff but now at, at your regular grocery store and mm-hmm. you know a lot of restaurants have a double menu mm-hmm. you know here's one that's this and here's the gluten-free menu and you know and I know as, as somebody that suffered, I have Crohn's disease, so mm-hmm. I would have um, lots of inflammation, and so I had to cut it down and stuff like that, but uh, healing and working with using nutrition to kind of heal myself and heal that that disease for my life um, is, uh, now I'm fine. I can go out and have pasta and pizza and different things like <laughs> That's that, amazing. and I'm like, ah, oh, yes, love this. <laughs> Yeah, it's a true testament that people can heal themselves through food. And furthermore, I think this awareness of all these new diets, it can be overwhelming and feel restricting, but I also think it's kind of opened up a world of possibilities for people who do um, have to eat elimination diets. You know, they now have more places they can eat and more awareness um, regarding cross-contamination or just um, more options. What's your favorite food? Um, my favorite food in the entire world is probably pasta. Pasta. I am. So yeah, I was, I was sensing this, especially with the gluten topic, and you're like, well, gluten's fine. Um, you know, it's interesting. So... Uh, recently, I've gotten a little more into studying Ayurveda, which I mentioned to you previously, and it really opened up my eyes to why I am the way I am. You know, all the things, you know, all my characteristics or quirks or different um, things I liked or didn't like to eat or qualities of food that I liked or textures, it all suddenly was explained to me, you know, um, through learning about Ayurveda and learning about my dosha, like my mind-body type. Okay. Um, Let's go into that a little bit more. Uh, for those that don't know this term, Ayurvedic, it comes from, it's an Eastern uh, kind of viewpoint or Eastern medicine on the different body types that we are. And do you want to explain those a little bit? So there's these things called doshas. Sure. Go ahead and explain. 
Um, so, you know, there's three doshas and everybody is some combination of the three. Um, whether you're very dominant on one or just have a little and just have a little bit of the other two or if you're dominant on two, um, you know, everybody is some combination of these three, which thereby proves that everyone's body is essentially their own and inherently different from everyone else's because we all it's all like a sliding scale. Um, I am a dominant vata, um, which is one of the three doshas, um, and learning about what diets um, this dosha should eat to keep um, their mind and their body in balance um, really brought to light the kind of kinds of foods I found myself craving. You know, I've always. It's interesting, I've always felt very grounded by eating like lots of warm foods, lots of carbohydrates, um, lots of soups, things that are just very warm and hearty. And, um, you know, you, you go through life thinking, oh, this is just like what I like to eat, you know, this is just what I enjoy, you know, I like to eat pasta. And then reading more about Ayurveda, I'm realizing that this is what makes my dosha um, feel the most imbalanced. It, it made everything click. It was so interesting. <laughs> I love. So, what about uh, going into uh, what the other ones are? Oh yeah. So the other um, two are pitta, which um, is considered, you know, the middle dosha. It's uh, people that tend to be medium build. Um, maybe they have a lighter skin, lighter hair. Um, they have a lot of fire inside them, whether that's a digestive power or um, fiery personalities. Um, and these people, because they they tend to run hot, um, they benefit from eating more cooling foods, uh, foods that might be raw, you know, raw salads and cool iced teas, you know, these sorts of things that um, can help uh, temper the fire inside of them. And then the third dosha is kapha, and I think there's a lot of misunderstanding regarding the kapha dosha. <laughs> Do you agree? Yeah. You know, people say, oh, kapha people are overweight. And yeah. That, and that's not really the case. The, um, it's that each dosha, when each dosha is out of balance, certain qualities emerge. You know, mm-hmm. when the vata is out of balance, they might become, um, might have anxiety or insomnia. And um, when the kapha is out of balance, those people tend to gain weight. It's not that they naturally are overweight. It's just that's the bodily reaction to being out of balance. Mm -hmm. And so um, kapha diets tend to skew towards the lighter side of things. um, And foods that don't weigh them down so much, but at the same time make them feel grounded because kapha is a very even-tempered dosha. These people tend to be very stable. They might be peacemakers, you know, some very much someone you can rely on. And um, they have a lot of warmth inside them and in a, in a maternal asp way almost. Do you find that since you've been studying this that you naturally, whether you go through this with, with a new... Um, 
client that you're working with or whether it's just through observation because I mean a lot of these things when you, you start to know these different doshas you can kind of just spot a person and say that's that that's them that's them and because it is kind of like their their features and the characteristics about about their their body and, and essence and skin color and you know ways and interactions but do you find that you start to cook just naturally a little bit more catered to that yes <laughs> absolutely you know I'm thinking as you're saying this I'm thinking of a specific you know person I've been working with who um, you know is someone who struggles with keeping weight on um, they're you know I'm guessing very much a vata um, vatas when under stress can tend to lose weight and you know they wanted they wanted to eat healthy but in their mind that meant you know like cutting out carbs and dairy and you know they thought this was the best way to be healthy and it absolutely can be but but they, not for that they were struggling with keeping weight on you know they were rapidly losing weight and you know starting to reintroduce more um grains and carbohydrates more rices and pastas and dairy you know um whether it's butter or ghee or coconut oil all these these added um, fats and carbohydrates just really not only help to have a vata feel grounded, but also can help them gain weight again. Yeah. And did did you notice this person starting to shift and change? Yeah. You know, the biggest difference I noticed is that they wanted to eat. Oh. You know, they they started to approach, you know. I, I got a text like, oh, uh, they ate the biggest meal they've eaten in two weeks, you know. And so, you know, that desire to eat again is, um, it can be reignited, you know. Vatas definitely struggle with a loss of appetite sometimes when out of balance. And so finding the foods that they genuinely want to eat can be very helpful. Okay, and what about some other other case studies that you can kind of share? Because I mean, this is great. I mean, I hope everybody's learning from this because it's like it's not about you know, oh, I want you know this this is the correct diet or this this fad diet or this way or these healthy foods are right for me. And it's not to say that they're wrong, like you're saying, mm-hmm. but in in this particular cl- case with this client, the person that you're working with, uh, you know having the the salads and the lighter foods were no problem getting them to eat it but it was they needed some more grounding warm hearty foods to kind of bring them back into their body and centered and for them what might be conceived perceived in in you know mass society oh pastas are bad and will make you fat or whatever the case may be <laughs> like it's it, it's everything's about balance and about where you're at and who you are and your life and your body and you know I think that that's like the biggest theme or takeaway that I'm hearing here is that we're all individual and unique and that finding out what we need at different times in this particular client maybe they need a lot of grounding warm foods now and they get back in balance but maybe then they they need something a little lighter or something you know so things change over time what's good for you today might not be good for you tomorrow right 
Absolutely. And so what are some other people and situations that you've worked with? So we can give uh, the listeners even more like tangible and graspable. Um, well, my boyfriend is actually a really great example. Okay. Um, he, and hopefully he doesn't mind me sharing this stuff. Um, he's definitely um, like a pizza body type. So, um, you know, he um, is has a very you know medium build and um you know light skin and but he has like the kapha personality very even temper very stable and calming anyway so his body you know he definitely i think thrives best when eating more of a pitta diet so that would mean you know a lot of uh, raw foods. Um, he was a vegan for many years, and he's gradually, you know, made his way back to being a pescatarian. But I know he feels best when he's eating like highly vegetarian foods. Um, you know, so not just vegetarian, but also raw foods. You know, he whenever he eats raw vegan foods or raw meals, he always talks about how much energy he feels and how it's like, I you know I had this raw vegan dinner and it was 10 o'clock at night, but I'm wide awake now. You know, I have all this energy. It's just like, it creates a spark inside of them. Um, and that's a very pitta-like thing to thrive off of cooling foods that, um, you know, the pittas have, like I mentioned, very strong digestive power. So they are able to process these raw foods, whereas the other doshas might have trouble processing so much raw food. You know, I know if I eat a ton of you know raw kale, it doesn't sit especially well because I don't have that digestive power within me. Mm. Um, but he definitely feels best when he's eating, you know, tons of vegetables, lots of raw foods, lots of cooling foods. Um, he is the biggest green smoothie person I know in the entire world. You know, he literally drinks them every single day, sometimes multiple times a day. Um, and eating all, like, sh- just, like, packing his body full of these raw ingredients just makes him thrive and it makes him glow all day. Great. And uh, in that, I because I know a little bit about... Uh, Ayurvedic and the different doshas and things like that. Do do you find that it, that he gets a little bogged down when he eats a lot of root vegetables? <laughs> well, I think things that are more starchy <laughs> and have all that um, root vegetables have a lot of sugar in them. You know, they that's what makes them so delicious and sweet when they're roasted. Is like all that sugar has come out and caramelized, <laughs> um, and that can definitely weigh down someone like that for sure. Yeah, and then just I I hear that you know there's there's a kind of like a, a dyna- dynamic or saying like where the the vegetables grow and how they grow kind of can correlate to the different doshas too the things that are really high up and then things that are like medium into the ground and things that are lower you know are different you know I like that I haven't heard that that's that's really great. <laughs> oh. All right. So, what else? What what else? Uh, what else would you like to share on food and nutrition? Uh, you know. Um, well, something that I really believe is, you know, food is an aspect of the answer, but it's not the full answer. You know, you can be eating really, really, really healthy, but if you're not taking care of yourself in other ways, you're not gonna feel 
you're not going to feel the effects whether you're not sleeping enough or or you're not um, exercising or moving your body enough or if you're not just like treating yourself with everyday kindness you know being being easy on yourself I struggle with this a lot you know I can be very hard on myself I can beat myself up a lot about what I'm doing or what more often what I'm not doing yeah (laughs) you know like I said I struggle with um a lack of energy sometimes and it leads to me wishing like I was able to do more and to honestly just give you giving yourself a break every once in a while or every day I think I think allows people to be more relaxed about what they're putting in their bodies or um you know it can just it can give them a a more grounded mindset um you know if you're always so hard on yourself about what you're eating or what you're not eating you know you're not, you might not see results because you're kind of putting that you're not putting that love into yourself totally <laughs> it's uh, so important to have a balance in all aspects of your life and you know the food diet your thoughts your feelings your emotions having this collective umbrella of aspects there's a, there's a thing um in psychology called the wheel of life and you make it like spokes and so you if you cut it into you know uh four lines going through so it's eight spokes you have these different areas of your life and people are supposed to rate it you know like on a scale of zeros in the middle and eights on the end it, or i mean tens on the end and you rate and you say okay well you know uh, my personal life is a four or my you know my health is uh this and my finances are this and my you know you know uh spirituality and you'd look through these different things and the whole dynamic of it is that you know you connect the dots like a, a little puzzle like or the connect the dots when you're a kid and if the wheel doesn't roll you know if it doesn't turn it means that you're probably going to hit a problem in your life very soon. You're going to get stuck. There's going to be some circumstances or situation that needs to unfold. And that's kind of like what you're saying. If people are really good with with just, just diet, well, then they're missing something else. Or some people are really good with working out, but then they're horrible with what they eat. They go work out and then they have a big pie afterwards or something <laughs> like that. Or, you know, totally not in balance there or, or, or up all hours of the night and hardly sleep sleeping four hours and you know and it's about having this synergy of balance because even if you're doing one area right you know if some of the areas you're not putting tension and focus to it's your wheel's not going to be rolling i like that i like that a lot um it also you know it also reminds me of something someone recently said to me you know along the same lines they said you know like there's all these aspects in your life you know you have your career um like and you have your family and you have your romantic life and you have your social life and you have your financial life and you know there's all these in your self personal development all these different aspects that make up your life and you know this person said to me it's important to remember that those things aren't all going to be in line you know there's always going to be something you feel that might be lacking and that's going to shift and change you know maybe you get this amazing job but then suddenly you feel like your spiritual life is unattended to you know things are always shifting and it's not always going to be in balance and recognizing that there are going to be aspects that feel lacking at any point in time is it's 
and there's always and there's always ups and downs, as they say when when uh, the little machine that <laughs> when you go flatlined, yes. that's that's where you don't want to be. But the ups and downs, then 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 that's that means that you're living. That means that you're growing and experiencing. Um, what are it, I know that you spend a lot of time talking about that, you know, everybody in every body is different mm-hmm. and that to eat uh, for who you are and what you need at the time of which you need it is a big theme of this talk. But, you know, do you find that there's certain things that all people benefit from including a little bit more into their their daily or weekly diets? Um, well, I'm a big fan of Michael Pollan and, you know, his basic... Um, his basic theory is, you know, that you should, everyone should be eating more plants and eating a little less in general of everything, you know. So I definitely think that everybody can incorporate more plant-based foods into their diets. It doesn't matter whether you're trying to push the protein or trying to push the carbohydrates. Everybody could use more plants in their diet. I don't know anybody who eats enough vegetables for themselves. Like, everybody could always be adding more. Um, It is by far the best way to provide your body with vitamins and minerals. Like, sure, it's easier to just take a multivitamin every day, but it's not going to provide your body with the right kind of nutrition. You know, you need to be gradually adding in vitamins and minerals throughout the day, not just one bam shot of it, you know, at one point of the day and then go eat a Big Mac for the rest of the day. Um, So... I strongly believe everybody should eat, be eating more vegetables. And I do not eat enough. I, every day I could be eating more. Well, you said everybody, so I'm guessing everybody includes you. Absolutely. <laughs> there are days when I barely eat any vegetables, and, you know, I, you always just need to be pushing it. It's And furthermore, buying vegetables from sources that feel good to you, whether it's um, from your farmer's market or growing them yourself. My dad has an amazing garden, and... He always is growing amazing vegetables and, you know, I'll eat his vegetables and they taste, you know, vegetables straight from the ground taste like candy. Um, (laughs) It's true, you know, he says that, uh, he said that someone said to him, you know, if, if children could eat vegetables that were like straight out of the ground, they would actually enjoy it. Mm -hmm. Um, Before I went to college, I had this really formative experience where I worked on a fruit and vegetable farm outside of the town I grew up in and to see these fruits and vegetables and plants being grown and taken from you know the dirt to the markets and the whole process in between was was one of the most formative experiences for me and on that note I think that a lot of people don't realize how good plants and vegetables taste would you agree you know you're saying about like your father having this notion that more kids would eat eat vegetables if it came straight from the ground but I think that more people would I mean Mm -hmm. the majority of the produce that people buy at the commercial grocery stores are ripened within a truck 
right? <laughs> so I mean, these these uh, fruits and vegetables and and leafy greens and stuff like that, they're picked weeks prior. They're sitting in cargo, uh, you know, in, in a cargo load. Maybe they got imported from a different country. They're on a pallet. That trip took a couple weeks to get here. Then they get moved over into a truck, and then they sit in a warehouse, and then they finally unpack them. And you know, for all intents and purposes, how much how much uh, nutrition are these vegetables having in them? But also the flavor. I mean, because the flavor comes from you know when you let something ripen, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know if anybody ha- that's listening, if you ever had the privilege of going to, you know, maybe an apple orchard or, or um, you know, something where you can just pull something fresh off of a tree or, you know, eat berries that are vine ripened and, you know, that's or what, <laughs> and, and when you eat them like that, it's so good. Absolutely. And and they taste so much different than if you have those ones that got picked and then slowly over time they ripen. It's it's not quite the same. It's like pumping that nutrients and those those delicious flavors through. So I think what you were saying about if people could find and go to more farmers markets or find a way to grow some of their own things, they would actually be amazed at how good things taste. You know, I had somebody one time, uh, they, they said they didn't like tomatoes. And I was like, I love tomatoes. Well, I've never met a vegetable I don't like. So I love all vegetables. And we grew up, and in, in, in my dad had a huge garden, and um, I grew up at, like, in, like, in a farm farmland in Wisconsin. So, you know, fruits and vegetables were a big thing for us. And um, it this person had only had like store bar bon tomatoes and I, we went and got some heir, heirloom tomatoes from the farmer's market and they couldn't believe that that was a tomato and that it's the same thing <laughs> yeah because <laughs> it's essentially not even the same thing you know when you get those tomatoes that are almost white inside and have that strange mealy texture you know it's I feel like you shouldn't even be allowed to sell fruit that's not in season it's doing such a disservice to the people who are eating it thinking that this is what that vegetable tastes like and furthermore it takes away from the great seasonal produce available this happens every single year every single year as the seasons change I am more and more amazed at just, you know, we're very spoiled in Southern California, but (laughs) very amazed at, you know, the different fruits and vegetables that come into season and come out every single month. And, you know, like I said, we're very spoiled here because we have extended (laughs) growing seasons and pretty much everything is available. But, you know, you can still see it in all areas of the country. Just eating seasonally is the best way to treat your body right and to have it taste great. You know, you're not going to... If you're eating tomatoes in the middle of January, then you're ignoring, you know, all the great squash and root vegetables that are available. And the tomato is definitely not even going to taste that great. <laughs> oh, it was, uh, this whole thing has been so great. Mm-hmm. I, um, is, is there anything, as we're wrapping up, uh, that you would like to leave anybody with? Like a bit of wisdom, a bit of, uh, you know, whatever you would like to share? Um, you know... I'll just leave with a little trick that I've been really into, like a little cooking trick. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, we need cooking tricks. Come on. It's not even a trick. It's like the littlest, miniest. I don't really believe in like straight recipes, you know, where you measure everything out. I cook more intuitively. And anyways, I've been really into mushrooms lately. Okay. All sorts of mushrooms. 
um, you know, and basically if you take mushrooms and if you like fry them, not deep fry, just pan fry them in coconut oil, mm-hmm. but it has to be the coconut oil that's flavored. Okay. You know, that's scented actually it smells the, like a coconut. coconut. Yeah. Yeah. You fry like fry them, pan fry them in coconut oil until like they're really brown and crispy, and then sprinkle them with um, sea salt. I prefer like Himalayan pink salt because of all the minerals. It is so good. I don't know what the combination of you know like the, the coconut the with the, the salt, the coconut with the earthy mushroom taste with the salt is honestly. They taste like little bits of mushroom candies. <laughs> it's, it's, it, it, it's simple. It's, it's simple. So easy. And, and it's delicious. I'm sure that it's delicious in all yeah. different types of it. But that's that's the beauty of when you get good quality things, you don't need to have like all of this. Yes. You know, you don't need to do a million things. A little sea salt and, and, and sauteing them. And so good. I often make it to put on salads or soups, and then they don't really make it to the salad or the soup because they, <laughs> they make it all in your mouth. They literally <laughs> taste like candy. It is by far like the best way to eat mushrooms, in my opinion. <laughs> oh, I'm going to have to try that. So, Talia, where can people find you? Um, so, I'm sure that if people have any questions, want to get a hold of you, want to, uh, I know that you have an Instagram if you want to share that, a website, whatever, and so that people can find and locate you. Yeah, um, well, one of the best places to see all the food that I create and also the food I eat at other places is my Instagram. Um, the handle is Tall Food Killer. So that's <laughs> <laughs> kind of confusing, but T A L Food Killer, K I L L A H. All right. Or you can just go to my website, which is my name, www.taliastife.com, where you can also see my portfolio and how to contact me. <laughs> I love it. Okay. Thank Thank you so much for joining and everybody that's listening uh, please 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 if you enjoyed this episode uh, give us a review on iTunes it really helps for more people to find us more that the more reviews we have the more iTunes kind of just puts us up a little higher in the search search ability there and so five stars is great go feel uh, feel free to leave whatever you'd like though thank you for joining us until next time